When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bailey's Comet, every 75, 76 years, I, mean, I will text you about the rest. And there is plenty to work with. Anderson, have a beautiful weekend. Thanks. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to primetime. We have breaking news right now. The House Intel chair has just issued a subpoena, and he's also making a very serious accusation against the acting director of national intelligence. This is big, and it's happening right now. Also, why all this confusion about what's happening with the investigation of this president in Congress? Impeachment or not? Does it matter or not? We have the one person who would know. Boy, did we get lucky on a Friday the 13th. We have the House Judiciary Committee Chair Jerry Nadler here to help us make sense of that. What's going on with the DOJ's uh, latest suit and with what we just heard from Congressman Schiff. We also have the GOP PAC leader behind that shocking new ad that was shown uh, with Democratic Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez's face on fire. The ad was made to get attention. It ran during the debate and it worked. But let's see if it's the kind of attention that party should want. And the head of the American Vaping Association says he's ready to prove vaping saves lives. I would say he better be ready to take on the president. But on this Friday the 13th, a spooky shift by this president on this topic. So it is time to test. What do you say? Let's get after it. All right, so look, this is just coming into CNN from the head of the House Intel Committee. That is Congressman Adam Schiff of California. And he issued a subpoena to the president's acting director of national intelligence. Here's the accusation. Uh, Joseph McGuire is the acting. And he says, Schiff, that McGuire is illegally withholding a whistleblower complaint, possibly to protect, uh, to protect President Trump, and he is taking extraordinary steps, says the congressman, to withhold the complaint from Congress, which he says is where it is supposed to go. Schiff says, quote, the inspector general of the intelligence community found that complaint not only credible, but urgent. More than 10 days since the director was obligated to transmit the complaint to the intel committees, the committee has still not received the disclosure from the director in violation of the law. The committee can only conclude that the serious misconduct at issue involves the president of the United States and or other senior White House or administration officials. Now, we just happen to have the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jerry Nadler, here tonight. Thank you for being with us. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, one, uh, this is not your bailiwick. This is Schiff doing this. We spoke before. You did not know anything about this. But what else could it be? What, it could, what could the DNI say in response to why they're not delivering it to the House could Committee? Say? I don't think he could say anything that, uh, uh, reasonable. I mean, the reason he might be doing it is because... Who knows what damning facts it may show. Uh, but on the flip gonna, side, Congressman, could he say, you, you got it wrong, uh, Adam, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with the White House. It has nothing I to do with anything. Well, no, th- th- this fits into the pattern of the administration behavior in withholding information, in conducting complete cover-ups, 
and, and, and being contemptuous of the law. Uh, the president said he would, uh, he would disobey all subpoenas from Congress, and they've done that. That was Article 3 of the Nixon impeachment, by the way, for doing less than that. Uh, the law says that the uh, Internal Revenue Service shall give uh, anyone's tax returns upon request to the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. The request was made. They simply refused to do it. So they're contemptuous of the law, and they're withholding information from Congress, from the American people, that they're bound by law to supply. This is just another instance of their being contemptuous of the law and, and, and conducting a cover-up. The press release uh, cites the Watergate era and says, you know, an agreement was made at that time that when something like this happens, Congress would get it. They promised to handle the type of information that can be of national security level confidentiality the right way. But what does the law say about what's supposed to happen in this situation? Well, certain information, I'm not an expert in that part of the law, but certain certain information uh, must be shared with the Intelligence Committee and only the Intelligence Committee. Some information has to be shared with the so-called uh, uh, eight leaders, the, the, the gang of eight, the gang of eight, uh, which is a smaller group. Um, but certainly this information apparently has, whatever it is, has, has to be shared with the Intelligence Committee. For that matter, I'll give you another example. Um, the president uh, annually sets the number of refugees to, to be admitted to the United States. So, by law, after consultation with the appropriate committees in Congress. He hasn't done that. They haven't. In fact, uh, Zoe Lofgren, the chairperson of the subcommittee on immigration, and, and I as chairman of the committee, uh, we sent a letter today demanding uh, adequate consultation within the parameters of the law, which is to say a couple of weeks in advance of their setting it of the new fiscal year. They didn't do it last year. They just, they just are, are trying to operate... Uh, in the absence of information to anybody. All right, so you are creating an abundant premise for my next question. If a head of a committee, such as yours, believes what you obviously believe, your duty in the Constitution is to start investigating to see if you have the facts for grounds for impeachment, and it is called an impeachment inquiry. Is that what you are doing right now? It is not necessarily called an impeachment inquiry. Now, that's a made-up term without legal significance. Um, it, it is, however, what we are doing. And we've been very clear for the last several months in filings with the court, in public statements, in uh, official statements in, in, in the committee, that we are conducting an investigation uh, with the purpose, among other things, of determining whether to report articles, articles of impeachment to the entire House. That's exactly what we are doing. And whether you want to call it an impeachment investigation or impeachment inquiry or anything else, I'm frankly not interested in, in the nomenclature. I know. I've, I've heard you say that. That's and, what we're doing. And I'm with you on that. I don't care what you call it either, as long as you call it one thing. But well, it seems made, that have, different people say different things within your own party and leadership. And, and some people don't understand that, the, that there is no significance to these terms. Uh, you can call what we're doing an investigation. You can call it an, an inquiry. You can call it anything you want. The fact is, we are doing what is our job under the Constitution, which is to say to conduct a series of hearings and investigation uh, into whether to recommend, to determine whether to recommend articles of impeachment. One reason that articulating the exercise can matter is when you look I at just the, articulated it. I know, way. but I'm saying in terms of being specific and being uh, all with one voice about it is what the DOJ said in its pleadings today was, you know, they haven't even decided if they're going to impeach or not. And as you know much better than I, but the audience should know, while operating under the guise of impeachment does not outwardly give you more powers, it does give a suggestion of importance to the courts potentially. Well, I think you have to be careful. I'm not sure that's exactly what they said. The, the, the DOJ, they had a 40-page 
uh, submission today in which they denied, I'm told what they denied was that we are conducting an investigation into whether to uh, uh, report, out, report in, uh, articles of impeachment. Now, it's certainly uh, not the case that we have decided to report articles of impeachment. That's done at the end of the investigation. We're investigating whether we have adequate grounds and then whether it's advisable to do that or not. We'll make that determination. We will vote articles of impeachment or we'll decide not to. That's do you have the you time to do this before the election? Uh, oh, yeah, we, we do. I think we do. Um, so that's what we're doing. Um, and there is ample precedent. I mean, the, we will answer them in court next week. Um, but uh, in, the pre, in the preamble to the, in the whereas clauses of the uh, uh, procedures that the committee adopted yesterday uh, with which to conduct the, uh, the, the further uh, uh, hearings uh, in, the, in this investigation, uh, of whether to report our articles of impeachment, uh, we, we went through the history of uh, the statements in committee and, the, and, and, and the, in the court filings detailing exactly what we're doing and the fact, well, actually we didn't do this in the preamble, we did it in, in, in a statement in the committee, the fact that most impeachments handled by the House have not begun with the House in, uh, resolution. They've begun in the uh, in the Judiciary Committee, exactly as this one has. All right, so let's do this. Uh, the idea of timing, efficacy, and impact matters. Let me take a break. Please stick around, Chairman. Let's talk about that, and let's talk about where your party is and where both parties are with any chance of getting something done on gun control. Thank you for being with us. A lot of news here. We're going to continue to follow this explosive accusation from Chairman Schiff against the acting DNI about an alleged cover-up of a whistleblower's concerns. Plus, as you just heard me refer, Beto O'Rourke last night made his moment by saying, hell yes, we're coming for your AR-15s. Sparked a threat from one lawmaker and a lot of nervous gun owners around the country. What does that mean for the debate? Next. What a night. Chairman Schiff is saying that the director of national intelligence is wrongly withholding a legitimate allegation of some type of intelligence issue from his committee. We don't know what it is. We have Chairman Nadler here. He says that he believes that they have time to bring articles of impeachment if they find a reasonable basis. That is a very provocative idea. We also want to talk guns. Thank you for sticking around, Chairman. It's good to have you. So timing wise. They're fighting you in court every step of the way. Uh, this DOJ uh, set of papers today about grand jury testimony. They say you haven't um, you haven't argued any requisite need, which is somewhat of the soft standard for getting grand jury uh, testimony of this kind from a president. Um, and this is about time. Also, if they fight you in court all steps of the way, how do you get this done before the election? Well, hopefully uh, we could get a decision from uh, by the end of October in the district court, hopefully by the end of uh, before Thanksgiving from the circuit court. And hopefully the Supreme Court won't take the case. The law is, the law is very clear on, on most of this uh, established by the Nixon case, among others. Number one. Number two, there are any number of possible grounds for impeachment. We're going well beyond the Mueller report. Most of those witnesses and the grand jury uh, uh, information is relevant to, to uh, uh, an article of impeachment referring to uh, obstruction of justice in, in trying to suppress the Mueller investigation. But uh, uh, collusion with the Russians, uh, profiteer, personal profiteering, violations of the emoluments clause, uh, uh, corruption in any number of ways. Enough uh, to s- satisfy the standard of high crime and misdemeanor. Oh, yes. 
If you can, one article of impeachment, Article 3 of the Nixon impeachment, was that the president, uh, President Nixon that is, uh, uh, improperly uh, defied congressional subpoenas. This president, Trump, not only has defied all congressional subpoenas, he said in advance he was going to defy all congressional subpoenas. But you had a felony that took the country by surprise that directly implicated the president of the United States. You may very States. well have felonies here, too. And, and defying the subpoenas are, are ways of covering it up. And the, the, what Nixon was impeached for wasn't for the felony. It was for the cover-up. Was, right. was for the cover-up. Um, these these, these uh, uh, abuses of power go very much... Not to particularly to crimes, although there are crimes too. Uh, uh, paying off uh, women uh, in order to keep in order to to keep the information away from the public before the election, which is procuring an election by fraud, is a very impeachable offense, obviously. But beyond that, um, you, impeachment. The central purpose of impeachment was to prevent the aggrandizement of power by the president, the destruction of liberty, the destruction of the uh, of of the separation of powers. That's exactly what this president has been doing through all of this. The fact that he, 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 he denies information to Congress to make decisions. The fact that uh, you can even say the fact that um, um, uh, he, he, uh, he uses the power of the presidency to get foreign governments to, or, or even the United States Air Force to patronize his personal uh, properties and put money into his pocket. That's, a, that's why... Uh, that was why the emoluments clause in the Constitution was put there to prevent this kind of personal a corruption case. and to prevent the president from being influenced by a foreign power who's putting money directly into his pocket. A case that will be compelling to the American people, because this is a political judgment. Uh, yes. It's not a law exam, even for someone professorial like yourself. It's not in court. It's got to be compelling. You have confidence on timing and substance. I think there's a very good chance that we that uh, uh, that uh, very uh, understandable case will be made right. that the American people can understand. I appreciate your candor on this. It's very important, obviously, to the audience. Another thing, Beto O'Rourke says we're coming for your guns. It sounds like confiscation. I haven't heard him move off it yet. He's in no particular position of power, but it got huge applause and it's being weaponized, no pun intended, by people who want to protect the Second Amendment right as they see it. Do you want any law that says we're going to come and confiscate Weapons well, I, now I, have. I think we have to put this into the context of where we are. We reported, the committee reported, and the House of Representatives passed back in February, very strong universal background checks legislation. That's sitting on Moscow Mitch's desk. He won't allow a, uh, a vote in the, in the Senate. I know that people on, the new, on some of the news programs say the Congress hasn't acted. The House has acted. The Senate ought to act. Checks everything Yesterday, except private transfers day, between family and intimates, right? Basically, yes. Why isn't yeah, that included? The, the, the question was how far we were going to go. And we also went, we added, uh, we, we and this past week, just this past week, we reported three more gun bills to the floor of the House. One to, which is a very important one, to uh, ban high-capacity assault weapons, uh, not, not assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, mm -hmm. magazines with more than 10 uh, rounds. Uh, that is what, those are, go a long way toward making assault weapons. But you're not calling for are. confiscation in any of the bills. No, we have not called for confiscation of that. Second, we, we passed the bill to um, a red flag bill that you can right. get, uh, a third, that you can get these weapons away from people who would exhibit dangerous conduct. Third, to, to deny uh, the ability to get guns to anyone who in the background check shows was convicted of a hate crime misdemeanor. Uh, next week, uh, 25th, uh, two weeks from now, we're going to have a hearing on the question of assault weapons. 
and what we should do about assault weapons. That'll be the do hearing. Do you want confiscation of assault weapons? We will, we will look at that. We will look at the question of... of confiscation? You think that's legal? I mean, I know there's no law right now, but you think it would pass constitutional muster if you were to come and I don't take know. It? I haven't studied that. And, and I don't but know it's on they, the table? No one has put... No, I wouldn't say it's on the table. Uh, people, we're going to have a hearing on, on, uh, on, on assault weapons, and the witnesses and the members of the committee can raise whatever they want uh, with respect to assault weapons. The, the primary focus is to, is to have an assault weapons ban. Um, and that's what will be, but, but people can raise whatever they want about that. Chairman, I threw a lot at you tonight, but I appreciate it. Very edifying for the audience. Uh, Friday the 13th, living up to its name. Thank you. And I look forward to having you on going forward. Have a good weekend. All right. Another battle looming in this country may come over vaping, e-cigarettes. And the companies behind it are not taking these concerns well. The head of the American Vaping Association is here. We will get reaction to the president's confusing tweet tonight that seems to contradict his own red flag move from just 24 hours ago. What's the state of play? Next. We're hearing far too many stories like that of Adam Hergenretter. Adam is 18. Doctors say he has the lungs of a 70-year-old. Now, at least Adam is alive. Six people are not. And there are hundreds of cases being investigated across this country. And it seemed the president was leading the effort to check vaping and e-cigarettes by saying this just yesterday. Don't vape. We don't like vaping. I don't like vaping. Now he says he does like vaping as an alternative to cigarettes. Here it is in his own words. Why I like the vaping alternative to cigarettes, we need to make sure this alternative is safe for all. So he doesn't know if it's safe, but he likes it as an alternative. My next guest is Greg Conley. He is the president of the American Vaping Association. Welcome to primetime. Thanks for having us. So give me some inside scoop to start. Who got to the president? It wasn't us. Someone on Twitter actually suggested it was us. It was not. What I think happened is that a huge portion of the 10 to 13 million American adults who use vaping products lit up the White House switchboard line, as well as conservatives, libertarians, liberals on Twitter, pointing out that President Trump could end up losing in 2020 because of disaffected voters because of a decision like this. We're not out of the clear by any means. A Trump tweet doesn't actually mean much unless it's followed by making sure the policy FDA institutes does not remove these products from the hands of adults. All right. Well, let's let's talk about what's the right thing to do here and why and when. Do you think kids should vape? No, absolutely not. Then why do you market to them? No youth should vape. The industry does not actually market to youth, and you can give examples, but the fact is that there have been mistakes by people trying to market to adult millennials. But that does not justify removing every single product from the market besides tobacco flavors, especially when we know from the Yale School of Public Health, the National Bureau of Economic Research, other institutions have said banning flavors will increase smoking, and that's the last thing we want to do. Well, but this, look, hold on. When we're talking about smoking, you're talking about choices, neither, but to say one is good is not really what it's about. It's about how harmful. Less harmful is not the same as good. And when you say if you, you can, are an adult you can smoker, hold on one, one step good. at a time, Greg. When you say, well, if you're an adult smoker, it's not as bad 
as tobacco because it's now burning tobacco and the 7,000 chemicals that are in it. But that doesn't mean that it is good. You certainly wouldn't argue that vaping is better than not vaping, right? No, but that's not the choice that most smokers face. About 50% of smokers are on the trajectory to smoke until it's too late, until they have contracted a smoking-related disease or death or can't reverse what is already going on in their body. That is the fact. But it's still not the same thing. We can just say quit or die. But no, no, no. Look, there are the lots of ways to get off cigarettes. Many in, my, many in my family have done it. It's not easy. It's so hard that even when you go to a lot of rehabs, they'll let you keep smoking cigarettes even while you're getting off something like heroin. So there's no question that the addiction is so pernicious, which is why that industry uh, got hammered the way it did over time. Um, but you said earlier you can find examples of marketing to kids. Yeah, you can. Companies no, no, no. go on high school campuses. I said campuses. inappropriate marketing. I, just I did not say marketing there. to children. Let's be clear. Let's You've got clear. college scholarship programs. The in- How is that not marketing to children? A college scholarship program. Small little web companies that represent about 0.01% of the market doing goofy things for SEO does not show that this entire industry or a large portion of the industry is doing bad things. You can come up with better examples if you'd like. I have. I have a ton of examples. That's the whole point. I don't understand why you would argue that vaping is something that's very popular with kids and the flavored different cartridges that they can use are things that work specifically for kids in terms of enticing them to get into the habit. Once again, Yale School of Public Health, National Bureau of Economic Research, Public Health England. If you ban flavors, you're going to increase smoking. And the most popular flavors among adults, contrary to a lot of the rhetoric, are sweet and fruits. And when you look specifically at the 2.53 million ex-smokers created because of vaping, overwhelmingly, they are using non-tobacco, fruit and sweet flavors. So your argument is our kids will smoke unless they vape? That's what you're trying to say? What we have seen, actually, as vaping has increased, and we don't want any youth to vape, but the reality is youth experiment, we just saw from 2018 to 2019 the largest decrease in teen smoking that we've ever seen. About yeah, a but the question is, decline. is what they're doing now killing them? Because what goes into your devices they, is causing a lot of problems around this country. And how do you not have responsibility for that? Yes, sir. What is going into the devices are products sold by drug dealers, contaminated THC oils. The teen that you mentioned earlier, he admitted in your piece that he vaped THC and multiple stories. But it's not the only thing that's making people sick right now. The only thing they know that joins these cases is that they all use these cigarettes or vaped. There remains no evidence after 44 days. By the way, 57,000 adult smokers have died from smoking in those, 48, in those 44 days. In those 44 days, some of the best national health reporters, as well as multiple state health departments, have been investigating this. Still, Reuters put out a piece tonight on a company, a fake company, called Dank Vapes that is responsible for many of the illicit THC oils that have uh, sent people to the hospital. Why and, does your device, two of those six deaths. Why is your device compatible with those? Why don't you make your device so that it can't be bogarted by these other companies and things that may be killing people. That's if you have a 510 threading, which is the standard in the industry. If you have a tank, why is it you the can standard? screw it on. That's how the technology works. But why, why don't you do it differently? Look what Apple does every time they put out a new product. They why have all new adapters for it. Why don't you do that? Because you're well aware of the risk. You're articulating it with great eloquence right now. How about the FDA require that rather than ban the products? 
We can talk about that. We can talk about marketing restrictions. We can talk about flavor name restrictions, even where the products can be sold. They're banning the but flavors banning right now. They already came solution. after you for the marketing because that's the way companies work. You do what's good for your bottom line. You don't do what's good for the health of people. You know you're not selling a health product, right? Well, I come at this as a consumer advocate, someone who quit smoking with the products and am enjoying a healthier life because of it. And about 2.53 million Americans are just like me. They quit with flavors and they value them. And we don't want to end up in a situation where we're forced to go to black market products that will be to no safety standards. And the black marketers, of course, will sell. But you don't know if it's safe now. One. Public Health England, the Royal College of Physicians, both have stated through great research that vaping, they have estimated at least 95% less dangerous than smoking. And even the Food and Drug Administration came out and said that an adult smoker who switches to vaping is greatly benefiting their health. And by the way, the, studies, the FDA released the, a specific warning about vaping THC. They did right. not release any specific warnings pointing to nicotine products in right. contaminated THC oils. This is new territory. There are studies that are inconsistent. Nobody says vaping is safe. They're comparing it to one of the most deadly addictions in the history of mankind. It's like saying a this is a addiction smaller that has rock. Killed 57, if you hit yourself in the, in the head with this small days. rock, it won't hurt you the way a big rock will. That doesn't mean it's a good you idea can draw to do whatever you, you can draw whatever silly analogies you want, but the well, fact is, silly is that analogy. this year, 480,000 480, adult smokers will die. We need solutions, not just prohibitions on safe well, How did products. people get off smoking before this? Some did through the nicotine gum, patch, lozenge, cold turkey. But the reality is, is that from 2003 to 2009, before vaping products came to the market, the adult smoking rate stagnated, even through a recession with a cigarette tax hike enacted by kids? President Obama. The smoking rate barely went down. You have no, kids? No, I do not. If you did, you would, you would, would you let them? If you'd like. What do you, I don't care if you have kids or not. I'm saying, would you let your kids vape? No, right? Why, if it's no, so good for like you? No, just like I would not let them smoke, just like I would not let them use marijuana in any form, I would parent them if I had children. And that does not mean just because some parents are not preventing their youth from being so you don't think, even So do you don't think everything that I see on social media all the time, I got a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 9-year-old, they all know what vaping is. They all see it online. They all see it running through companies that are marketing them products that go through devices like your own, if not jewel marketing outwardly, that is made to seem cool, just like we saw with tobacco. And there are reasons that we've put the prohibitions on tobacco we did, and you don't have them. You guys can throw concerts. We did you not guys put, can front we did things not prohibit that tobacco. tobacco can't. Let's talk. Let's talk about restricting marketing. Fine. Let's talk about restricting flavor names, restricting packaging. Fine, where they can be sold. But why are we talking about prohibiting a product while menthol cigarettes and because Marlboros left to remain your own, freely available and killing people? Let, but look, and that's, that's a problem, too. And we put warnings on them. You don't have any warnings on yours. Why do you have to be yes, forced we, to do actually, things we do. that you should do? We do have warnings. Do you have a warning on there that says vaping can kill you? What do you know about this you? topic? If you vape with THC oils, perhaps, but again, the warning on the package is an accurate scientific statement from the FDA. It is a completely limited minimum that you have to do. That's why government has to come in, because they had to tell you not to market the way that you were, because you wouldn't do it on your own. They have to tell you that they may have to stop it, because you won't stop it on your own, because until somebody makes you have to stop, you want to keep selling it. And it's not because it's safe. Your argument is it's less bad than tobacco. Am I right?
Not less bad, far, far less harmful. Again, Public Health England, Royal College of Physicians. Johns no Hopkins has a study that's inconsistent with those findings. Industry. It's not about the studies. It's what, about the, the realities. Why are these kids dying? Let's talk. Why are there these hundreds of they cases across again, the country? Contaminated, contaminated THC oils. The uh, health departments in Oregon and another state where so there you was believe a death, at the end of the day, said, we will never learn that, that we will never learn that putting something with hot steam that you suck into your lungs with all kinds of chemicals in it are not bad for you. That someday someone's going to say, you know what, it's okay. Once again, knock yourself out. Once again, once again. This is a product for adult smokers to get off of cigarettes, the most deadly habit known to man. If and that's the all College it's for, Physicians, why does it get marketed to so many least, young kids if that's all it's for? At least 95 percent less harmful than smokers and smokers need to know that. I get the and less bad argument. But what I'm saying is you, want. you got teen vaping ads, you got scholarship ads, you throw in concerts. That's not for adult smokers. And you know it. Concerts aren't for adults. There are kids concerts. Have you ever been? Have you been for. to a concert in the past twenty years? I've been to a lot of concerts. Please name I'm what very, kid concert. I'm very hip, but this isn't something that I want to mess company. around with, and it's not something I want to be cute about because you got kids laying in hospital beds all over the country, and what they have in common is that they're using your product, and you don't seem that concerned about it. You're looking about doing the minimum. What they have in common. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, 84% of the patients in Wisconsin and Illinois admitted to THC vaping. And the journalists, the great national journalists that have been covering this story and focusing almost exclusively and they on the don't THC know oils, the answers. They've and there's interviewed a kid sitting in a hospital doctors. bed with a lawsuit against you saying that your marketing hooked him in like it did a lot of other kids and it wasn't about THC for him. So we're going to have to First, find First, there's the no facts. lawsuit against us. Let's be clear. That's true. He's going after Let's something else. Let's be clear. Yes. But you know, eventually we'll see what happens here. But I wanted to know where your disposition was in terms of whether you're going to do things or you're going to have to be forced to do things. That's why I if had you to want to legalize marijuana, you can combat illicit THC cartridges. But there's not a darn thing that I can do. We don't to know stop that it's just dealers. the THC. And that's why the president was concerned. Just wait until he wasn't. But we'll stay on the story. I promise you that. And Mr. Conley, I appreciate you coming on to make your case. Thank you. Great debate. All right. If you were watching last night's debate, you might have seen a different kind of ad that might be equally as obnoxious to people. A Republican pack ad, a lot of people upset. And that is what the ad was supposed to do. It shows the face of a Democratic Congresswoman, this one, AOC as she's known, bursting into flames. What good can come from that? We'll take it up next. I screwed up my show timing a little bit by going long with the vape company guy, but I needed to. I needed you to see where their arguments are and where they fall short. So stick with me a little bit here, okay? Last night during the Democratic debate, there was a political ad that has drawn so much fire. Here it is. This is the face of socialism and ignorance. Does Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez know the horror of socialism? My father was minutes from death in Cambodia before a forced marriage saved his life. That's socialism. Forced obedience, starvation. Mine is a face of freedom. My skin is not white. I'm not outrageous, racist, nor socialist. I'm a Republican. All right, that is Elizabeth Heng. She is here. We've been waiting on her. She wants to defend the ad, and she will. But I need to take a break, so do me a favor. Stay with the show. When we come back, we'll give Ms. Heng her say, and she will be tested here next. 
All right, we have Elizabeth Hang, the executive director of the New Faces Pack ad, uh, with us right now. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, you may have to change the name of the pack to uh, New Faces with a hole burning through them uh, pack, because that's what you did to AOC during your campaign. You said no petty politics, no bickering. Why do this? Absolutely not. The only thing, the thing is, is Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the face of socialism throughout history. Socialism has killed lives, um, including those in my very own family. And so I was merely wanting to force the discussion of talking about what true socialism is in our country um, and to force that debate. I understand that. And I just want I people to know. it's an important topic for us. I'm with you. But Elizabeth, I, I want people to. it's an important to... topic for us to have that discussion. Understood. And I want to have it. Uh, because first, I want people to do a little research. They can find out more about your family. I in no way uh, want to disrespect what they went through under Pol Pot. I'm uh, very happy that you guys stand as testament to America's welcome uh, coming here from oppression, making the life that they've made for your brothers and now you with your amazing education and what you've done with it. Let's just talk about how you're putting it to use. Uh, you are so well educated. You know that you know, you can talk about socialism any way you want. Pol Pot was a brutal autocrat and dictator. That wasn't about socialism. That was about him being an evil human being. You know, you can go to Scandinavia or Denmark and see socialism. They're not killing people. Why paint with that kind of brush against a set of ideas coming from a Democrat in your own country? And that's the thing is Pol Pot learned socialist ideologies in France and wanted to create this utopia. And and quickly that evolved into the murderous regime in which it became. And we need to have that conversation in this country of what socialism has become throughout history. Time and time again, we have seen how that doesn't work. And so, you know, right now you talk about, you know, Canada and Denmark and some of those other places like and the the they have they have become capitalist nations um, and to implement the ideas in which Miss Ocasio-Cortez and the squad continue to do that are not real concepts that can but be implemented in the United States for? without having a government taking. What are they asking for that would be anything like what that kind of brutal oppressor did to his people? I just don't get the comparison. No, if you look at it, it's the, they are they represent socialism. Socialism, socialism has doesn't not worked. Mean shoot I you believe dead in the streets. It has evolved. You know, when Hugo Chavez in Venezuela was talking about um, socialism in that country, he was promoting many of the same ideologies. And look at what it has evolved into. And so the point of this is to not to talk, force the discussion, because I do believe that through freedom and the economic opportunities that this country has provided to myself, my family and many others is what we need to hold on to to strengthen for our country. So that people have opportunities 100%. and to radically transform it and to radically transform it. Let's even just say the Green New Deal at $93 trillion to radically transform our country um, where we don't have a way of actually getting these things done. Um, but it's it not going to wind up in genocide. That we've not seen. genocide, though. Here's what I don't get is that. You know, I get that you want to make political points with this, but, you know, people like your family and what you represent, which, again, I believe is part of the blessing of this country. Your fight is with the president that you support. He's the one who talks about people like your parents. 
like there's some other that shouldn't be in this country because they came here with nothing except the hope in their heart and wanting to make it. He doesn't want those people in this country now. AOC isn't your enemy. You can go after her policies and say they don't fit in a capitalist society. But if you may not believe it, but it's the truth, Elizabeth, he's the one who's going after people like your family. I don't believe this because he's the I stand by the president. And the thing is with the president, he defends he fights against socialism in every turn that he can. But he embraces dictators everywhere he finds them. Freedom and economic opportunities. Look, he's working. You know, I'm not going to talk. I'm not here on the show to talk about some of what the president is doing from a foreign policy standpoint. Why not? My main point for creating this well, I, I want to talk about my main point for creating this. But if you're going to say that your people- fear is that we're going to have an autocratic regime that winds up killing people in the name of a political ideology, you have a president who I don't believe has any capability like that. But you look at a Duterte, he says favorable things. Putin, favorable things. Kim Jong-un, favorable things. That is what should, you should be scared about, well, is that him saying we don't no, want Bahamians I, in there because they're drug dealers. We don't want people coming across our southern border because they're a brown menace. That should concern you. But you're likening AOC wanting a Green New Deal to somebody who tried to commit genocide in Cambodia? Look, socialism has always been disgu- disguised in these pretty to- these topics of making life better, et cetera. But in reality, they don't work. And we've seen that time and time again. The more that you implement government into our lives, the less freedoms and economic opportunities we have to succeed. And that is what I'm going to work as hard as possible. And that's why I created the New Faces GOP PAC to recruit the future generations of the next Republicans that are going to be the antidote to the AOCs and, uh, and the squad. That's fine. But it is to so paint them as genocidal maniacs and say that you want a better brand of politics, I'm fine with you having the pack. That's America. I'm fine with it being funded by a lot of venture capitalists. I don't know how that makes it a middle class machine, but you do whatever you want to do. But the idea of saying, if you want a Green New Deal, if you want single payer health care, you're going to wind up killing people in the streets like happened with my family and people they knew in Cambodia. I mean, that is toxic politics. You must know that. I, I, and I just disagree with you on that. I was merely making the point of... You set her face on fire. I was merely making the point. I was merely making the point, Chris, that it is... That's, if, do you want to know what incites violence? That's socialism. We've seen that I think history. ads like that incite and, violence. I, I disagree with you on right. that. Well, let's I was do just this. Mere- Elizabeth, I get what, you, what point you were making. Let's do this. Let's see where the issues go. I understand where you are with the pack. I want you to be part of the conversation when you're not burning somebody's face up uh, on ads like that, because that's the kind of provocation I don't think we need. But I wanted you to make your case to my audience, and I appreciate you did. All right. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Elizabeth Hank, thank you. I want you to be on the lookout for something, a bolo, something that this administration is trying to do. You need to be aware of it. All right. Hashtag bolo. Be on the lookout. Next. Called bolo. It's an acronym for be on the lookout. Police look on, use it all the time. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to be on the lookout for things that are happening beyond the president's tweets, like another blow to environmental protections from this administration, this time on clean water. Here's what happened. On Thursday, the administration repealed an Obama-era rule that enhanced protections for wetlands and streams. It's now a lot easier for farmers to plow and plant what they want without worrying about runoff, chemicals, 
pesticides, fertilizers, and polluters no longer need a permit to discharge potentially harmful substances into waterways. Now, this should come as no surprise. After all, this administration has, among many other things, eliminated many environmental protections. They pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. They relaxed restrictions on power plant emissions. Uh, They opened up public lands and waters uh, to offshore oil and gas drilling. This president sometimes seems like he's living in his own reality, but he knows when he's spinning the facts. Today, we have the cleanest air, we have the cleanest water that we've ever had in the history of our country right now. And just for the press, because they'll get me on that one, I'm thinking, let's say the history of our country over the last 25 years. Of course, we're going to get you. You're not telling the truth. We don't have the cleanest. And now you made it less likely that we will get cleaner. So be on the lookout for changes like this. They're every bit as important as the tweets. Thank you very much for watching. CNN Tonight with D. Lemon starts right now. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.